Separation of powers. The Supreme Court balances several pressures to maintain its roles in national government. It seeks to be a co-equal branch of government, but its decrees must be enforceable. The court seeks to minimize situations where it asserts itself superior to either President or Congress, but federal officers must be held accountable. The Supreme Court assumes power to declare acts of Congress as unconstitutional but itself limits its passing on constitutional questions. But the court's guidance on basic problems of life and governance in a democracy is most effective when American political life reinforces its rulings. Justice Brandeis summarized four general guidelines that the Supreme Court uses to avoid constitutional decisions relating to Congress. The court will not anticipate a question of constitutional law nor decide open questions unless a case decision requires it. If it does, a rule of constitutional law is formulated only as the precise facts in the case require. The court will choose statutes or general law for the basis of its decision if it can without constitutional grounds. If it does, the court will choose a constitutional construction of an act of Congress, even if its constitutionality is seriously in doubt. Likewise with the Executive Department, Edwin Corwin observed that the court does sometimes rebuff presidential pretensions, but it more often tries to rationalize them. Against Congress, an act is merely disallowed. In the executive case, exercising judicial review produces some change in the external world beyond the ordinary judicial sphere. The political question doctrine especially applies to questions which present a difficult enforcement issue. Chief Justice Charles Evans Hughes addressed the court's limitation when political process allowed future policy change, but a judicial ruling would attribute finality. Political questions lack satisfactory criteria for a judicial determination. John Marshall recognized that the president holds important political powers which his executive privilege allows great discretion. This doctrine was applied in court rulings on President Grant's duty to enforce the law during Reconstruction. It extends to the sphere of foreign affairs. Justice Robert Jackson explained, foreign affairs are inherently political, wholly confided by our constitution to the political departments of the government, not subject to judicial intrusion or inquiry. Critics of the court object in two principal ways to self-restraint in judicial review, deferring as it does as a matter of doctrine to acts of Congress and presidential actions. Its inaction is said to allow a flood of legislative appropriations which permanently create an imbalance between the states and federal government. Supreme Court deference to Congress and the executive compromises American protection of civil rights, political minority groups and aliens. Subsequent courts. Supreme Courts under the leadership of subsequent Chief Justices have also used judicial review to interpret the Constitution among individuals, states and federal branches. Notable contributions were made by the Chase Court, the Taft Court, the Warren Court, and the Rehnquist Court. Salmon P. Chase was a Lincoln appointee, serving as Chief Justice from 1864 to 1873. His career encompassed service as a U.S. Senator and Governor of Ohio. He coined the slogan, Free Soil, Free Labor, Free Men. One of Lincoln's team of rivals, he was appointed Secretary of Treasury during the Civil War, issuing greenbacks. To appease radical Republicans, Lincoln appointed him to replace Chief Justice Roger B. Taney of Dred Scott case fame. In one of his first official acts, Chase admitted John Rock, the first African-American to practice before the Supreme Court. The Chase Court is famous for Texas v. White, which asserted a permanent union of indestructible states. VZ Bank v. Fenno upheld the Civil War tax on state banknotes. Hepburn v. Griswold found parts of the legal tender acts unconstitutional, though it was reversed under a late Supreme Court majority. Scope of judicial review expanded. William Howard Taft was a Harding appointment to Chief Justice from 1921 to 1930. A progressive Republican from Ohio, he was a one-term president. 
As Chief Justice, he advocated the Judiciary Act of 1925 that brought the federal district courts under the administrative jurisdiction of the Supreme Court. Taft successfully sought the expansion of court jurisdiction over non-states such as the District of Columbia and territories of Alaska and Hawaii. In 1925, the Taft Court issued a ruling overturning a Marshall Court ruling on the Bill of Rights. In Gitlow v. New York, the Court established the doctrine of incorporation which applied the Bill of Rights to the states. Important cases included the Board of Trade of City of Chicago v. Olson that upheld congressional regulation of commerce. Olmstead v. United States allowed exclusion of evidence obtained without a warrant based on application of the 14th Amendment proscription against unreasonable searches. Wisconsin v. Illinois ruled the equitable power of the United States can impose positive action on a state to prevent its inaction from damaging another state. Earl Warren was an Eisenhower nominee, Chief Justice from 1953 to 1969. Warren's Republican career in the law reached from county prosecutor, California State Attorney General, and three consecutive terms as governor. His program stressed progressive efficiency, expanding state education, reintegrating returning veterans, infrastructure and highway construction. In 1954, the Warren Court overturned a landmark Fuller Court ruling on the 14th Amendment interpreting racial segregation as permissible in government and commerce providing separate but equal services. Warren built a coalition of justices after 1962 that developed the idea of natural rights as guaranteed in the Constitution. Brown v. Board of Education banned segregation in public schools. Baker v. Carr and Reynolds v. Sims established court ordered one man one vote. Bill of Rights amendments were incorporated into the states. Due process was expanded in Gideon v. Wainwright and Miranda v. Arizona. First Amendment rights were addressed in Griswold v. Connecticut concerning privacy, and Engel v. Vitale relative to free speech. William Rehnquist was a Reagan appointment to Chief Justice, serving from 1986 to 2005. While he would concur with overthrowing a state Supreme Court's decision, as in Bush v. Gore, he built a coalition of justices after 1994 that developed the idea of federalism as provided for in the Tenth Amendment. In the hands of the Supreme Court, the Constitution and its amendments were to restrain Congress, as in City of Bernie v. Flores. Nevertheless, the Rehnquist Court was noted in the contemporary culture wars for overturning state laws relating to privacy prohibiting late-term abortions in Stenberg v. Carhartt, prohibiting sodomy in Lawrence v. Texas, or ruling so as to protect free speech in Texas v. Johnson or affirmative action in Grutter v. Bollinger. Civic Religion There is a viewpoint that some Americans have come to see the documents of the Constitution, along with the Declaration of Independence and the Bill of Rights, as being a cornerstone of a type of civil religion. This is suggested by the prominent display of the Constitution, along with the Declaration of Independence and the Bill of Rights, in massive, bronze-framed, bulletproof, moisture-controlled glass containers vacuum-sealed in a rotunda by day and in multi-ton bomb-proof vaults by night at the National Archives building. The idea of displaying the document struck one academic critic looking from the point of view of the 1776 or 1789 America as idolatrous, and also curiously at odds with the values of the Revolution. By 1816, Jefferson wrote that some men look at constitutions with sanctimonious reverence and deem them like the Ark of the Covenant, too sacred to be touched. But he saw imperfections and imagined that there could potentially be others, believing as he did that institutions must advance also. Some commentators depict the multi-ethnic, multi-sectarian United States is held together by a political orthodoxy, in contrast with a nation-state of people having more natural ties. Worldwide influence. The United States Constitution has been a notable model for governance around the world. Its international influence is found in similarities of phrasing and borrowed passages in other constitutions, as well as in the principles of the rule of law, separation of powers and recognition of individual rights. 
the American experience of fundamental law with amendments and judicial review has motivated constitutionalists at times when they were considering the possibilities for their nation's future. It informed Abraham Lincoln during the American Civil War, his contemporary and ally Benito Juarez of Mexico, and the second generation of 19th-century constitutional nationalists, Jose Rizal of the Philippines and Sun Yat-sen of China. The framers of the Australian Constitution integrated federal ideas from the U.S. and other constitutions. Since the latter half of the 20th century, the influence of the United States Constitution may be waning as other countries have revised their constitutions with new influences. Criticisms The United States Constitution has faced various criticisms since its inception in 1787. The Constitution did not originally define who was eligible to vote, allowing each state to determine who was eligible. In the early history of the U.S., most states allowed only white male adult property owners to vote. Until the Reconstruction Amendments were adopted between 1865 and 1870, the five years immediately following the Civil War, the Constitution did not abolish slavery, nor give citizenship and voting rights to former slaves. These amendments did not include a specific prohibition on discrimination in voting on the basis of sex, it took another amendment, the 19th, ratified in 1920, for the Constitution to prohibit any United States citizen from being denied the right to vote on the basis of sex. According to a 2012 study by David Law of Washington University published in the New York University Law Review, the U.S. Constitution guarantees relatively few rights compared to the constitutions of other countries and contains fewer than half, 26 of 60, of the provisions listed in the average Bill of Rights. It is also one of the few in the world today that still features the right to keep and bear arms, the only others are the constitutions of Guatemala and Mexico. The text of this podcast is sourced from the Wikipedia Foundation under a Creative Commons attribution, share alike license. The written text has been altered for voice presentation. To view the modified and original text versions visit thelegalpages.com. The content of this podcast is presented for informational purposes only, and is not intended to be legal or professional advice. The Wikipedia Foundation is not affiliated with this podcast.